Hey, Danas and Beckys, what you're about to hear is an encore presentation of one of our favorite episodes from the Don't Ask Tig archives. Please enjoy. Hi, listeners. This episode drops February 16th, and I've learned that way back on February 16th of 1861, Abraham Lincoln met an 11-year-old girl named Grace Bedell while in Westfield, New York. The reason for the meeting was that the year before, Grace had gone viral in a 19th century kind of way, when she had written to the president during his presidential campaign, suggesting that Honest Abe grow a beard to improve his electoral chances. Grace wrote to Lincoln, quote, I have got four brothers and part of them will vote for you anyway. And if you will let your whiskers grow, I will try and get the rest of them to vote for you. You would look a great deal better for your face is so thin. Lincoln won the election. So clearly Grace's advice was rock solid. Plus, now I have an advice giving role model to aspire to. Thanks, Grace. And I'll soon be in... Dallas, San Antonio, Phoenix, Milwaukee, Chicago, Madison, Iowa City, and New York City. Why might you ask? Because I'm on tour, silly goose. If you live in one of these cities or happen to be there, or let's say you live in Austin and it's sold out, go to San Antonio or Dallas. Tickets are at tignotaro.com. Claim your seat before it's too late. Now on with the show. Yeah, I think I've gotten a couple of auditions, but in general, people are just like, do we need a a low energy, androgynous, gentle comedy in this moment? They can't fathom that. They can't look at you and see the beauty in you and go, yo, I wasn't thinking about somebody like that, but she's so amazing. We got to have this in there. We got to change this whole character (laughs) up for her. Or sometimes they'll be like, here's the character. And then I'll be like, I have no range. And they're like, okay, well, we'll just stick you in there anyway. I always say on Star Trek, I'm uh, just Tig in space. This is Don't Ask Tig. I'm Tig Notaro. And in honor of the holiday, please don't ask me to be your Valentine. I'm happily married. That's inappropriate. (laughs) With me now is a comedian, actor, and Emmy-nominated writer whose credits include Blackish, Grownish, and Angie Tribeca. He has a Netflix comedy special titled Cole Hearted and hosts... Friday Night Vibes on TBS alongside Tiffany Haddish. Dion Cole, it's good to have you on Don't Ask Tig. Hello, Tig. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm uh, glad to see your face. So good to see your face as well. (laughs) You know, I can't believe that we almost got to do a TV show together before it got canceled. You know what? That was going to be a really good show. 
as far as the talent, yeah, it was some funny people on that. There show. were some funny people, yeah, <laughs> yes, and it's true. And you know, Dion and I were judges yeah, or hosts we, or somewhere between the two. Yeah, we were host judges or something. But. Yeah, and then it got canceled before anyone <laughs> saw the light of day. It turns out the comedians on the show were more talented than we were. <laughs> Because I still see them to this day. Like a lot uh, of them, yeah, yeah. They're, they're, they're blowing up right now. They're doing so great. And I was also like, oh, this will be so fun that I get to hang out with Dion regularly on this show. And then the universe was like, nope, this is going away. <laughs> you know, they gave me a whole bunch of clothes. Me too. They gave me a bunch of clothes. <laughs> And never took them back. Yeah. <laughs> because they were trying something new. They was like, you know what? Since this is a pandemic or whatever, instead of you coming in to get dressed with makeup and stuff, they were like, why don't we just send you the season's worth of clothes? Yeah. <laughs> Before we know that this is going to get canceled. <laughs> Are we going to get a bill from Netflix when they hear this? <laughs> it took me a year to wear those clothes. Cause I, I know. Because I kept thinking, are we going to do this show or not? Yeah, I and know. finally I was like, fuck, I'm about to wear these shirts, man. Yeah, yeah. I started immediately integrating all of that into my day-to-day and wearing it on talk shows. I was like, if they have a problem with it, we'll deal with this later. It's a pandemic. And that was the beginning of the pandemic because remember we were still going into live like comedy shows and it was... It was it was seconds before it seconds it before. shut down during that show. Like during the show, we was like, yo, we have this everybody <laughs> in the world has to shut down. And, yeah. And that was it. Yeah, absolutely. And we were on the front lines, me and you, Dion. <laughs> we, we, we were out there, no masks, like what pandemic? And they were like, This pandemic. Scram. This is before vaccines, yeah. any of that, man. Before masks. It, it was before I mean, masks. It was all of that. Yeah. Yeah. And then it shut, it shut down. But we were in comedy clubs with a lot hundreds, with of, hundreds people. of people. <laughs> in brand new clothes. <laughs> We was fresh as hell in brand new clothes. (laughs) And look at us now, just in sweatshirts. (laughs) Look at us now. What happened? (laughs) That's so funny, man. Well, you turned you turned fifty, right? Yeah, yeah. I did too. Wow, something else, ain't it? It is. It feels good. I I like my age. I like where I am. Man, it's something else. I hate that it took me to hit 50 to get the mindset that I have now. Mm -hmm. Like Me now, I'm like, I'm not wasting no time with nothing. Mm -hmm. And I'm not putting up with no bullshit. Mm -hmm. Like, this is just what it is. No negativity, no nothing. And we're going to keep it moving. 
You finally got rid of all your negative ways, Dan? Man, I got rid of all my negative ways. <laughs> I'm so positive now. <laughs> but I mean, what are you talking about specifically when you're saying no negativity? I'm, you know. Like one time I had this young lady fly out to me, right? She comes through the door and she's just mm. like, oh my God, it was so terrible. That flight was so terrible. And then I thought you was coming to pick me up. You didn't come pick me up. You sent the car. I had to go walk and go find a car and I couldn't find it. And then I get in this Uber and this guy's talking to me the whole time. And I'm just like, ugh. And I'm so hungry. And I just instantly grab my phone and start looking for flights. (laughs) For her to go back to where she just came from. I'm not even lying. As she was talking to me and complaining, I was looking up flights and I was like, Yeah. I refuse to put up with that. Yeah. Hopefully, God willing, another 50 years. I'm I'm mm-hmm. not bringing that. So that's what I mean. I wish I had done this earlier. I hate that it took 50, but man, everything's mm-hmm. been so smooth now. And, and it's still, I mean, I ain't saying life is perfect, but it's a good mindset to have. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Are you like that? Oh, my gosh. I strategically try to plan my life in ways to avoid negativity and bloodbaths. And I just try really hard to enjoy who I'm around. I always tell people I am the epitome of no nonsense, but all nonsense. There it is. I try to walk that line of like, I want to do a good job. I want to get things done. But I also want to be the most ridiculous person <laughs> that you've ever spent time with. Yes, yes. That's the formula. Yeah. yeah I just true. want a good life for everyone around me. And, um, I mean, you're pretty protective, right, about your personal life? and. Oh, yeah, very much so. I'm, I'm the type of person, the more I give you, the more you have to use against me. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to give you bare minimum, mm-hmm. unless it's performance, then I'm going to give you 110%. But other than that, I'm going to give you bare minimum, mm-hmm. because the less you know, the better. And you're talking about the outside world. Yeah, absolutely. The outside world. There's so many times that I've given myself to people, and they used what I gave them against me. So, you know, at a certain age, I just like, yeah, I'm going to fall back. I'm going to get little. That's what I like to call it. Get little on people. <laughs> get little? Yeah, get get little on people. Just with little information? Yeah, just in life. I just get real little in the corner and uh, let everybody do their thing. How do you strike that balance with, you know, connecting with audiences and maintaining the getting little? I know you say you give 110, and I've seen yeah, you. Yeah, performance-wise, yes. I yeah. mean... Even when it comes to just performance-wise, material, all that, like anytime I go somewhere, I'm probably the last to talk. That's kind of like how I get material. I just like to hear everybody out, you know, and just listen to everybody. And also, by me being last to talk, it teaches me how to work a room. Because if Mm -hmm. I'm the first to talk, then everybody knows me. If I'm the last to talk, then I get to know what everybody else is thinking and then if I feel like, you know, if I want to get on this person's good side, I know what to say. And if I want to get on this person's good side, I know what to say. Like, I'll be able to use what they said and what I heard, and then that mm-hmm. dictates what I say. Does that make sense? Yeah, I hear you. Clearly, you have your process of 
taken in information. And um, I mean, you're a writer also, which aside from just the material as a stand up, Mm -hmm. you're an actual pen to paper writer. Mm -hmm. Do people uh, ask advice as far as uh, writing goes? I do have people who do ask that, definitely. Mm-hmm. and um, But not like a whole lot of people or nothing like that. I don't even know if people even know that I even write like that. They used to back mm-hmm. in the day, but I don't know about this new generation at all. But This new generation. <laughs> they don't have a clue about your pen to paper writing. <laughs> no, I don't think Ugh. nobody cares is what i'm saying <laughs> nobody cares so you're saying right now you don't have a line out your door no. waiting on mm. advice on your writing. no no but those that know they come and they they ask me and i just you know tell them just you know just watch the room man watch the room man and just be mm-hmm. unique and different like mm-hmm. everybody keeps forgetting that one main ingredient that comes to writing a stand-up singing whatever it is the main ingredient is the person they looking at in the mirror yeah that's the most unique thing in the world but people keep going out in the world doing the shit they see when it's like yeah. you're looking at the game changer every morning yeah. and you don't do anything about it you go out there and you do what the world tells you to do and you do it and you you become a singer of this or that But the main ingredient is this person. I know. It's interesting because people are told that all the time growing up is you have to be yourself. And that's the key to success. Mm -hmm. And that's how to shine in whatever you do. And people think, no, 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 that couldn't be it. This couldn't be the thing. And it is the thing. (laughs) Golly. It is the thing. It is the thing. Yeah. It's that simple. But... The way that the world conditions you, it's like, no, you go to school, you do this, you do that, which you should. But I'm just saying that whatever you do, you have to apply yourself to it. And that's what makes you unfireable. That's what makes you unique. That's what brings a whole nother layer to what you do that nobody else can do. Like if me, you and two other people go outside right now and we see a car crash, it's going to be four stories about one crash. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because we yeah. all have a unique way of saying what we saw. And mm-hmm. and it's no different when it comes to writing and stand up and acting and all that. And some people are better at relaying the details of a car crash than others. But <laughs> we all saw something different. Now, you mentioned that, you know, you're unfireable if you if you do your own thing. But I am living proof that that's not true because I've been fired in stand up. Put it like this. We all been fired, right? Mm-hmm. But if people like what you do, and everybody knows that, yo, Tig is that ingredient that we need. If they do fire you, they're gonna write in a breakdown character, Tig like. <laughs> <laughs> I've auditioned for Tig like before and didn't get Me it. Too. And didn't Me get it. <laughs> You you auditioned for Tig like or Dion like? (laughs) No, Dion like. I literally at Fox Studio, I was writing for Conan at the time. I remember at work and I was looking at it and the breakdown said Dion Cole type. And I was like, I got to get this. (laughs) And And I did not get it. (laughs) 
I didn't either. I lost the part, the Tig-like part. I think it's happened a couple of times. serious? I've had to go to auditions. I had to go to the network, to the studio, and prove that I was Tig-like for the role. And I couldn't prove it. There's nothing I could do. Yo, for real, that happened to me. I couldn't believe that. I was like, are you serious? I didn't get this role? And I'm the breakdown character? I was like, oh my God, that was so crazy. Now, Dion, are you ready to impart some life lessons upon my listeners? Please. This is an advice show after all. Please, let's do it. Our first question involves someone reluctant to give an answer. Hannah writes, my shared office has two unisex bathrooms directly adjacent to our offices. We can hear flushing and tall men peeing. Wow. Some people knock before trying the handle. I don't want to chat with an unknown person from the bathroom when multiple people in the office will hear me, so I prefer not to answer. Am I wrong? What is the correct bathroom etiquette here? Um, Wow. I um... See, I think that she has a gift. She can determine height from P sound. That right there is where you need to, that's where you need to really be paying attention to. Yes. Tall, tall man. Or maybe a tall woman <laughs> hovering over a toilet. It could be, never... it could be, Tig. Yeah. Is she wrong to not answer? Um, I mean, because it would be nice to be able to have privacy when you're going to the bathroom. Yes. Or for whoever's going to the bathroom to have privacy. And you probably don't want to talk when you're going to do whatever it is you're doing, no matter how tall you are. This is true, but I think you look a little creepy Uh when someone knows you're in there. (laughs) And they're talking to you, and you're not speaking back. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, maybe just a quick, uh, just a second. Yes. Or uh, occupied. Yes. You know what also might be fun (laughs) is if somebody knocks, you could even say, this might take a while. (laughs) You know? One of my favorite bathroom bits that I like to do to make my wife laugh, um, because we have the luxury of both going into a bathroom and, and a public bathroom at the same time. I guess it's a luxury. I don't know. You know, you, you it's the little things, right? But um, when she and I are in a public bathroom and I know that she's still like at the sink or something, and then I know a stranger has walked in, uh. I will... While I'm going to the bathroom, and this is obviously too much information, but I'll make this noise. I'll go, ow, ow, because nobody knows that I'm there with my wife. I just sound like somebody um, alone in a bathroom stall with some sort of problem. Anyway... I think it's reasonable to say that you're in there. Maybe there could be like a sign on the door, right? How about if you carry your own personal sign? Uh huh, right. And before you go in, you just put a <laughs> scram. Just a sign that says scram, clown. And, and, and the coyote yeah. with running lines. Right. <laughs> I also think there's more embarrassing noises that could come from a bathroom than just a minute. 
You know what I mean? So I think it's worth just using your voice to say, hold on, or I'm going to need another 90 seconds or so. All right. Well, um, Hannah, good luck with your bathroom breaks. And Dion, we're going to take a break ourselves, and we will be right back. If anybody wants to run to the restroom, do it now. More questions when we return. back. Dion, you're a native son of Chicago, correct? Yes. Yes. Chicago, Chi-Town, my town. Yes. Yes. I'm about to be there on my tour. Nice. Maybe you can help out this next listener. Okay. Kathleen writes, I live in Chicago where street parking is scarce. On my street, it seems like we usually have just enough to fit my car when I get home from work at midnight. Unfortunately, there is one car that belongs to someone living on the street, and they tend to park the car during the day when there are plenty of spaces. They consistently park so poorly as to take up the length of two cars. It drives me mad. Why do they do this? Am I crazy for being so bothered by this? How do I curb this behavior? Simple. This is what you do. You leave a note on a car, and you just go, hey, how you doing? Uh, I wouldn't say how you doing because you don't want them to write back and tell you how they're doing. You don't want. <laughs> I mean, it's a nice idea and vibe. The sentiment is. I get you can't it, just but... get right to it, Tig. You can't go move your car up because then they're gonna be like, "No, you have." Well, there's a happy medium between hey. How are you no, doing? No, you got to go Happy Black History Month and then go and then go right into it. Like Even if it's Breast Cancer Awareness Month? I mean, month? you can start with that too as well. You can Okay. <laughs> you can say I don't know when this note will reach you. But Happy Black History Month or <laughs> Breast Cancer Awareness Month or uh <laughs> Uh, happy Penguin Day, and then Happy Penguin. Oh, that's a great opening. Happy Penguin Day. Move your car. <laughs> that would make me so happy if somebody wrote Happy Penguin Day. Move your car. And you would be happier to start your whole day. And me personally, I'll go. I didn't even know it was Penguin Day. That's good. Well, you know what? I shouldn't be surprised that you pulled out a penguin joke because you always have the best bird jokes. I remember my favorite joke of yours is about ordering a round of vodka. What is it? Gray goose? Yeah. You're like, what's a round of gray goose? Gray geese? Yeah. I, of course, I'm sure annihilated your bit, but you have the best bird jokes. Gray goose, gray geeses. Yes. <laughs> like I'll just order a flock of vodka. <laughs> <laughs> you and the birds. Yeah, I know I always have a, some bird joke, you know. I do love birds though. 
But I agree. Say happy Penguin Day. <laughs> and then can you get to it and say move your car? There we go. Exactly. Yes. That's it. Yes. Just mm-hmm. like that. There you go. <laughs> Kathleen, let us know how happy Penguin Day move your car works. <laughs> Dion, you're a global brand ambassador for Old Spice deodorant. So I think you should be able to help out on this next list. Okay, let's do it. Lori writes, Tig, I know you don't have teenagers yet, but you will. And I'm looking for advice with mine. And maybe you have insight. My youngest, they, them, is 14 and stinks. They don't shower often enough and get mad when I nag them about it, but stinky is stinky. Telling them they don't want to be known for their stink at school, being gentle, being harsh, talking about hygiene and clinical terms, nothing works. How can I get my kid to wash their body and their clothes? They want to hug a lot, which I love, but I can only hold my breath for so long. (laughs) Personal hygiene is personal. It's personal, right? But when you're 14, mm-hmm. that does not fit in their world. <laughs> yeah. I wonder if this teenager has become attracted to anyone yet or involved with anyone romantically. Because, you know, if there's not that element or a peer that they want to impress, um, mm-hmm. they might not change for their mother they will not i don't know it takes a young girl or a young man to come along to identify this odor in order for them to change Mm -hmm. so i think you should set them up with somebody okay all right and you could also febreze them you can febreze them as well but yeah if you set them up with somebody that might like them and then they let them down or don't mess with mm-hmm. them because of their odor, then that's going to get them right on track. I know with young boys, they don't care until some girl comes along and tells them that they smell horrible. And then uh-huh. all of a sudden, man, cologne every day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Did you go through a stinky spell? I'm quite sure I did. I'm quite sure I did. <laughs> <laughs> I'm quite sure I, I think even even at the age I am now. I know, yeah. There's some really off days that I have. Oh, my gosh. I feel for you, Lori. Yeah. It might just take time, and I can only assume your child is surrounded by people that are cleaning themselves. It's pretty typical for teenagers to be kind of yeah. slow on that. I think I pulled it together probably around 16 uh-huh. when I started driving because then I was able to go different places. And at that point, people was like, yo, like, ugh, we don't want to go hang out with him or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Speaking of driving, that could be good, you know, to have a Jeep or a motorcycle and get the air flowing through your child, you know? <laughs> a scooter, something like that. <clears throat> yeah, something. Are, are, are women like that, too, when they're younger? Like, I mean, I don't know if you recognize me as a woman, but I probably pulled it together when I was 13. 
something like that. Yeah. And now I'm very much like, you know, teetering on germ issues. <laughs> Do you have that? I, f- I feel like a lot of comedians end up with germ issues sometimes because yeah. of gross condos we have to stay oh my in. God, shaking is, hands with strangers is, all the it time. It is the worst. It is it's definitely the worst. I remember I used to get sick all the time, man, being on the road. And then I had to stop that definitely and just kind of like fist bump or just wave or elbow bump or whatever. That is truly the most positive thing that's come from the pandemic is the elbow bump. Yeah, right? (laughs) Or just the blatant like, oh, sorry, you know, not going to hug because nobody's going to, unless you're a real weirdo, you're not going to push and be like, no, you're going to hug me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got a whole sort of, it's a whole different set of questions that the pandemic has brought on that you need to ask when you meet people and stuff now. You know, like, it used mm-hmm. to be like, you know, do you have any sexual diseases, you know? But now, mm-hmm. the, your first question is COVID. And then right. and then sexually transmitted diseases. That's second now, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you should ask if people have sexually transmitted I think you diseases. should. I think before you... <laughs> And do you rely on their answer? I hope for an honest answer. I think you should get that. Like, who you breathing around first? And then I need to know that. <laughs> I need to know what your, what your environment who is like. Who are you breathing around? <laughs> I need to... What part of your body itches? <laughs> and then what, part of, then what part of your body itches? Exactly. <laughs> and how long and, has it been itching? And how long has it been itching? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> oh boy all right Lori take it from Dion I guess I don't know maybe he can send your teenagers some old spice man let us know where you at we'll get you some old spice we'll see some old spice and hopefully that works and yeah and and keep a mark on the bottle see see Mm -hmm. how how often that line goes down on that bottle okay before you go we have one more thing that I need you to help me with And it's a segment that I call Advice of Yesteryear. When Jerry brags about taking Ginny out, he learns that she dates all the boys. So as we see now, menstruation is just one routine step in a normal and natural cycle. How do you choose a date? Well, one thing you can consider is look. I did everything you said, but my boss still hasn't asked me to lunch. Mm. Okay, and this is where we take a real question from an advice column of yesteryear, and we try to answer it a little better. This question hails from 1980 from America's most famous advice column, Dear Abby. Ed writes, Dear Abby, my wife sleeps in the raw. (laughs) Then she showers, brushes her teeth, and fixes our breakfast Still in the buff? We're newlyweds, and there are just the two of us, so I suppose there's really nothing wrong with it. What do you think? I mean, Dion, what what is Ed's problem? I mean, I can't imagine if my wife was sleeping in the raw and cooking in the raw and then sitting down and writing an advice columnist. Can you imagine that thought process? 
I mean, really, think about it. <laughs> you have to go. If she comes in here <laughs> one more time, I'm right. I I'm am going to writing write. Dear Abby. <laughs> If one, I'm writing Dear Abby, uh, if she comes in the raw. All right, that's <laughs> it. I'm getting my typewriter out. <laughs> Ed, how dare you? You should be celebrating yeah. the freedom that your wife feels uh, about herself yes. and around you. And um, uh, I ju- I'm just baffled. And, and are, the, your t- are you? Are you baffled, Dan? I am. I'm baffled at the word in the raw. It's it's <laughs> so it's I guess we should back up to that. <laughs> Let's get back to that. It's so just harsh. It's harsh. No wonder he's writing an old lady, dear Abby, because he is clearly offended. <laughs> and is she Endless when she does this. Right. Are you looking at her tendons? (laughs) In the raw. In the raw. (laughs) He clearly sees nothing natural or romantic or beautiful about it. He's like, this is uncooked. (laughs) This idea, this process is uncooked. It's raw. I mean, imagine she walks in his office and she's like, what are you doing? He's like, nothing. Wait, I'm sorry, are you writing? Yes, I'm okay, fine. I'm writing a letter to Dear Abby. Let me read this, honey. What is it? What are you writing here? My wife sleeps in the raw? That's what you think of me? <laughs> I just, Yo, I can't even imagine. That is funny as hell. I wish she would have caught him writing this one. I know, right? What a nerd. Oh, he was writing a Dear Abby about her rawness. <laughs> 1980s. So what, that was. That's funny. That's. 40 years ago. That's good stuff. So he's probably what in his sixties or seventies, something. Yeah. Ed, if you are listening now, and I know you are, I would like you to get your old typewriter out and you write me and Dion, and you tell us if you're still together with this woman. How would you feel? If, 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 uh, if, if your partner or spouse was in the raw like this. If she's, she's, she's making us breakfast. Yes. (laughs) Us. Yeah. While you lay in the bed. Writing Dear Abby. The problem is you, Ed. <laughs> yes, Ed. How dare you, Ed? <laughs> Do you want to know what Abby had to say? Oh, golly, yeah. Let's... <laughs> Dion, you watch your language with all that golly. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yo, let's hear it. Dion, let's hear it. Dear Abby said... <laughs> 
It's okay with me, but tell her to put on an apron when she's frying the bacon. <laughs> Dion just took his headphones off. He just threw them down. <laughs> oh, man. I think oh. that Ed and Dear Abby should hook up. <laughs> Can you imagine going in, not only writing oh, Dear Abby, but going man. in and saying, can you at least put on an apron when you're frying the bacon? Yo, who knew rawness was a problem back then? Who, who knew that this was even a word? Where Dear Abby is like, tell your wife. To- <laughs> when Put on an apron when she's making you breakfast while you are writing Dear Abby. Oh, these people. <laughs> oh, man. It was truly a man's world. <laughs> it was a man's world, dude. <laughs> Ed. Ed, you're right, Ed. You tell your Ed. raw wife to put on some clothes. <laughs> when she's While she you makes you bacon breakfast. And you type. Honey, could you please put something on while you're making me food? I'm trying to relax, and it's making me uneasy. Hmm. Dion, this is sadly the end of the show. Oh, man. So funny, Tig. Oh, God. You yes, are so yes. funny. <laughs> I, You are one of my favorite people to laugh with. Oh, I love your laugh, and uh, I just think you're so funny. Thank you. Likewise, you're one of the best that ever did it, man. And you continuously keep doing it, man. It's so much fun. Thank you for having me. <laughs> yeah, thank you so much for uh, taking the time, um, and congrats on everything going on with you. And um, is there anything you'd like uh, for my listeners to uh, know about? If you want to come out to a show, man, I'm on the road. Uh, go to Dionco.com for tickets. Follow me on Instagram, D-E-O-N-C-O-L-E, man. I'll come to a city near you and uh, <laughs> come hang out, man. And uh, come in the raw. Right. Come in the raw. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> come yeah. in the raw if you do. <laughs> leave the apron leave at home when you go see Dave. Leave the apron. <laughs> come in the raw. I want all the rawness. Yeah, but when you get there, don't start complaining about your flight and that you're hungry because you're going to get a free ticket back out of town. Uh, Well, thank you again. It was great seeing you, Dion. And I'll hopefully see you soon. Yes, love you, love you. Thank you so much. Love you too. All right, y'all. Bye. One last thing if you didn't know by now, the rumors are true. I am on tour. I'm on the road saying hello again to everyone across America. Hello again is the name of the tour, by the way. And I'm likely headed to your city or one near you. So look at the website for cities near you. Want to know for sure where I'll be? Go to tignotaro.com. And while you're there, get a ticket to the show. Can't wait to see you and your face.
Don't Ask Tig is hosted by me, Tig Notaro. It's produced by Thomas Willette, Shana Deloria, and Ryan Lore. Our executive producer and editor is Beth Perlman. Engineering and sound mixing by Johnny Vince Evans and Eric Romani. Digital production by James Napoli. Talent booking by Marianne Ways. Production support from Pizza Shark. Our theme music is Friend and Tig by Edie Burkell and Kyle Crusham. And Listen to Your Heart by Edie Burkell. Special thanks to Hunter Seidman. APM Studios executives in charge are Lily Kim, Alex Shafford, and Joanne Griffith. Concept developed by Tracy Mumford. Our executive consultant is Dean Capello and Gobsmack Studios. You can always ask for advice at don'tasktig.org. Just write in with your problem or send us a voice memo. Remember to follow us on social media at Don't Ask Tig. Don't Ask Tig is a production of American Public Media. And as always, thanks, Dana, and I'll tell Becky. I'm stand-up comedian and sex symbol Tig Notaro. And I'm actor and writer Cheryl Hines. Before Cheryl and I got into the big business of podcasting together, (laughs) we were just simply friends. And we're still friends. But now we talk about a different documentary every week on our podcast, Tig and Cheryl, True Story. So whether you love documentaries or just want to hear us slowly lose our minds, check out Tig and Cheryl, True Story, wherever you get your podcasts. All right, cool.